Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast here on the NBC Sports Boston Podcast Network. Got a fun one for you today. Coming up, DraftKings founder and president Matt Kalish drops by. He's a Celtics super fan. Got some front row seats. He's always checking out the action. Wanted to catch up with him. Not only about what DraftKings is doing, as uh, as you've probably seen our programming, pretty DraftKings heavy, uh, but just what's it like to be front row for a team you grew up watching and now on the cusp of uh, championship material. Uh, thought it was a fun conversation with Matt. And I got my guy Giles stopping by because, again, I've seen you, you, you guys, you're watching our programs, you know there's a lot of gambling content going on and just had an, kind of an open and honest discussion about uh, what – the future of, of betting in Massachusetts and as we put it into our programs, you know, what it means to the viewers and, uh, and everybody. But let's start with our conversation with Matt. All right, Matt, I want to get into DraftKings and, and everything that's going on there, but I have to start with your fandom. You popped on this Zoom call, the little Celtics logo popped up immediately. I've been on your IG page. You got Time Lord artwork. I felt like we we're going to be best friends immediately. I see you at all these games. Tell me, take me through your fandom. Like, how I know you were born here. Like, what's this been like a lifelong Celtics fan? Yeah, I've been around Boston my whole life, pretty much. Um, I was born in Lowell. My dad was born in Lowell. I think my uh, my Jaju on my dad's side was born in Lowell. So we're kind of from here, you know. And when I was growing up, all of the lore from the Celtics was something that was a big part of my childhood. And mm -hmm. I caught the... Uh, tail end maybe of the Larry Bird and uh, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish era, and um, was a little too young to appreciate some of those titles uh, that and, and the MVPs and everything, mm -hmm. but I knew the lore, and even going back, all of the stories of, you know, you name it, Bill Russell and whatnot, uh, it's a, a storied franchise, you know, and uh Coming out of college, the Patriots were just sucking all of the energy from, <laughs> from New England. There was uh, the Red Sox breaking the curse that was sucking all the energy. And then, um, you know, when Ray Allen and, uh, mm -hmm. and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and everybody brought the title to Boston, I thought that that, that was like my first moment really seeing the Celtics hoist the trophy. And um, I just love that team. Paul Pierce was like one of my favorites. Um, and I never had the ability though, to like really go deep, uh, with the Celtics. The two reasons were really, I didn't live close. Like, I wasn't close enough to the stadium where I could really go to a ton of games. Uh, I grew up in a combination of, uh, Southern New Hampshire, mm -hmm. Metro West mass. It was always like an hour plus to get there. Right. So it wouldn't have been possible to go to every game really. And also just like I didn't grow up with money in any way. So it was my parents were military. They didn't go to college. My dad worked in a prison his whole life at Bill Ricca House of Correction. Oh, wow. Uh, my mom was uh, a hairstylist, you know, and so it just wasn't like financially something that was possible either. So it's only very recently kind of coming off of COVID where, um, you know, I moved a little closer to the <laughs> arena and I had the ability to get some season tickets and 
like that really I thought brought me closer than ever to the team and uh, the last two years I feel like I'm I don't know I'm like one of the biggest fans I feel like I'm like <laughs> out there every game and my whole family is rallied around it as well my wife is obsessed my oldest daughter she's 13 I'm convinced she's gonna work in the league somehow nice but she knows everything she's like correcting me on stats and yeah, like Jalen Brown has 23 points a game, not 22 or whatever, you know, so she's like exact on everything. And um, it, it's really just become a big thing in our house. When she's ready to dive into net rating and, and all the advanced metrics, send her my way. We will have fun. We can sit there and crunch Time Lord numbers all day. I actually feel your pain. So I grew up in Worcester and we got the Celtics like once a year in an exhibition game out at the Worcester Centrum until then they had some disaster in the 2008 season where the ice water condensation came up and they haven't been back since. So I'm trying to get that the Celtics to eventually come back out to my neck of the woods. But You've got some great seats there, uh, sort of near the visitor bench, right? Like, what's the what's the what do you what's the best uh, interactions you've heard on the floor? Are you, like, are you uh, it, you must get some juicy stuff in the in those seats? Oh yeah, I mean the timeouts, all the different interactions with you know the coach to the refs or players, refs and all of that. Like, it's that's the place, and I've always liked being on the visitor side because. Uh, you see a lot of the Celtics, but mm -hmm. you get the like all the different stars throughout the league are in town from time to time. And I've seen everybody at this point, like Lamella was in town. We saw LeBron a couple days before he broke the scoring championship uh, record last night with like Donovan Mitchell and uh, seen Jimmy Butler a bunch, Steph Curry. Like these are just um, moments that uh, I'll never forget and my family will never forget and whoever I'm going to the game with you know I go with a lot of our like big players from DraftKings mm -hmm. I go with a lot of business partners uh, I've met a lot of new friends there and like these are moments where you're just so close to the game you never forget like who you were with when you met uh, like uh, or saw Steph Curry the first time or whatever when Steph Curry hit the half court shot on us or whatever Unreal. right before the half um yeah, these are just the best memories. And I don't think there's any sport that gets you in the game quite like the NBA. I mean, I've been to everything and even even something like UFC or boxing where you could be ringside. It's like nothing, nothing quite like that intimate. You hear everything, see everything. And it's it's truly special. I'm going to have to, I'm going to get you mic'd up on the sideline. Cause like we're, the media feels like we keep moving further and further back. And so I need to, like, I, I need to know what Marcus smart is, is saying to the officials and uh, you get all that, that good stuff sitting down there. Uh, how are you feeling about this year's team? Obviously a lot of expectations coming in. They've hit some bumps in the road along the way, but we've seen some pretty good basketball throughout the year. How are you feeling about their title chances? I feel good. I feel like a lot of it may come down to health. Like um, the team seem quite proven at this point. I don't mm -hmm. think um, any reasonable person would view them as like not the favorite. And uh, sports books and people are putting their money where their mouth is as well. Like the Celtics are the favorite right now to win the title. And uh, the injury bug, you never know what could pop up. I know that that's gotten us in the past. Like <laughs> maybe that that prevented us from going back to back you know, when we had the, the Paul Pierce and KG got hurt and we kind of, you know, weren't able to repeat and stuff like that. So I definitely think the team is good enough. And uh, uh, the culture, like I've seen a lot of the teams throughout the league and nobody has quite our culture. Nobody has quite um, 
the the disciplined execution I feel like that the Celtics do and I think it's uh you have to really appreciate I think some of the work of the coaching staff and coach Missoula and yeah. the leadership on the team to hold the bar that high because the precision is really amazing like you're not seeing the, the Celtics shoot a bunch of long twos or mm. take bad contested shots you know their shot chart you see like everything's just sprinkled all around the three-point line or it's under the rim like a Rob Williams put back or something mm -hmm. um or it's like Brogdon getting into the paint or, or Jalen Brown getting into the paint and finishing but no low quality shots really really just high bar on defense and uh, I just haven't seen any team that executes at that level with that um, that kind of high of a bar. So it's, I think, a, a world-class, like, execution, in my opinion. What's your, who's your guy? Who's, like, I don't know if you got jerseys. I don't know if you're, like, obviously, I've, I've got president of, of the Time Lord fan club. I've loved every minute of the Rob experience. Who's uh, who's the guy you're you're most locked in on when you're watching these games? Yeah, it's funny you said that. Rob Williams is definitely my favorite player. Yes. I think he's... Um, and I collect a lot of sports cards and everything as well. I got to have one of the best Time Lord. You know, I got Woo! all this stuff here. You know, like piles on my desk. Oh. Rob Williams, Rob Williams. You know, um, he's like my favorite. I, I'm obsessed with him. And it really is two things. One is he come across to me as like a very, um, like, like, humble hardworking, like consistent high performer right he's not a i've never caught him looking for praise from anybody mm -hmm. <laughs> he does his job and some of the plays he can make on the defensive end are i just don't see anybody doing it like the blocks from three-point range where he can kind of close <laughs> the gap and i think he had one really special one a couple weeks back where it was like a block and yes. then on the other end and i just have never seen a play like that I'm like who does that <laughs> and so just the the way that he can like impact the game but without really like grabbing all the attention you know it's something yeah. that I've, I've really valued and it seemed like he creates a lot of his own scoring a lot of his own points because all rob really does is a couple lobs and he gets like some offensive rebound putbacks they're not looking for him to go shoot you know he's not shooting jumpers i've never seen him shoot a three maybe once uh with like a shot clock mm -hmm. And yeah, but he just creates these points. Like he'll, he'll find a way to get 10 to 12 points a game. And every game he has like the same stat line. It's like 10, 10 to 12 points, 10 to 12 rebounds. He gets like three blocks, just consistent, you know? Yeah. And I like knowing what you can expect and having just like a super solid guy there. So when I talk about injuries, I'm like, I look at it like yeah. if he's healthy, I think we have a really good shot. I'm with you. And I, and, and I tell people that all the time. The other thing I love about him is he's just so down to earth. And he obviously had the whole thing about missing the flight to his first practice and missing the conference call. And we all came up with the, the time Lord name sort of spawns from, you know, pretty much the media's overreaction to uh, his little snafus, but I, he's the nicest guy, most down to earth, just small town. I have, I don't have, I don't have a card. I, the only, only baseball card I have nearby is Danny Ainge. Uh, my neighbor brought this over and uh, that, that sits on my desk. But I, I, I do have my Time Lord bobblehead 
that uh, I carry with me at all times when he was up in Maine. Uh, and is, it is one of my cherished possessions. When a Celtic fan came up to me after during the finals last year and, and got me outside and said he had a couple extra. And uh, I now owe this man my uh, undying faith because uh, it is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for me. And uh, I just, I need the Celtics to, to, to get themselves a, uh, a Rob bobblehead uh, because I do adore him. I, I do want to, I, I, I'll go from the, the, the most positive thing I can ask to, I got to ask you. So you, you host the podcast with Gary V who somehow shows up every time I like every five times I scroll through my Instagram reels, there's a, there's a Gary V video. Uh, he is just everywhere. Uh, but he's also a Knicks fan. What is it like having to both as the Knicks start to play better, have to hear Gary V get excited about the Knicks and uh, sitting there watching those games with him. Uh, what was that experience like? I feel like we've run pretty bad in the games where he's there mm. and maybe part of it is like he brings an aura, but I don't think so. I think it's bad luck. Honestly, I don't want to give him too much credit, right. but you know, he's a good fan. He's a good Knicks fan. Great Jets fan. Like um, very passionate, very committed. Um, it's fun to watch sports with him. And he has this thing called like sports Gary, which is where he gets super like, um, like no holds barred he doesn't mm -hmm. care right he just wants to win and it's like the part of his life where it's not nice and pretty and it's not curated it's not great he'll like say whatever right and um a lot of our conversations have been like i hate the celtics i hate jason Tate. i mean i like him as a person but mm -hmm. on the court i hope he you know like i hope he scores zero points he gets blocked seven times um and I told him, like, the Knicks, like, you, you're not in a position to hate the Celtics because the Knicks have so much work to do to get competitive mm -hmm. at that top tier. Where I'm like, unless you're the Bucks or the Sixers or Golden State or, like, Phoenix or, or, you know, very few teams, I think, are at that tier. And everyone else, I think, should be worried about themselves, like, not hating on the Celtics, but you should be worried about improving and getting competitive with teams like the Celtics and then you can have the rivalry right so I don't view the Knicks as like good enough yet to be a rivalry mm -hmm. and I definitely view teams like the Bucks or like um Miami or um the 76ers or whatever like when they come into town those are the games where I'm like oh yeah it's a rivalry like that's who we have to get through to win so um yeah that's I guess that's my take, but the Knicks. I'm, have I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I, 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 even the even the Sixers, I'm having a hard time giving them the credit because they just they just haven't showed up against the Celtics in in recent years. But yeah, like the Knicks, they're, at least they're winning games against uh, the Celtics lately. At least they're giving us a reason to to, to buy into them. But I, I agree. I need to see it on a bigger stage before I'm ready to buy in. So I, I saw on your Instagram page you uh, posted the old. Uh, uh, you guys were all outside the old uh, Winter Street office of DraftKings. What is it like, especially as you prepare for DraftKings to to really launch here uh, with the mobile betting in in Massachusetts? What's it like to be kind of see this thing start to explode here in in Massachusetts? It's pretty amazing. I've been more and more seeing on local, you know, the local news or whatever the uh, pre-launch advertising. Mm -hmm. So it's it's coming, and you know, when when a new product like sports betting opens up in like mass this will be the 22nd state i believe it is so uh the way it works is a lot of people sign up on the first day the first week so there's this big boom of like it's here lots of awareness lots of marketing and then that kind of comes down a bit over time so 
uh, I've definitely seen that start to get closer and closer to the peak and it's exciting. Like I've for years and years lived in the Commonwealth. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire, but uh, ever since college, I've lived in Mass. And uh, seeing New Hampshire pass the bill years ago, seeing Connecticut get there, you know, to the West, New York is live. You go down, Pennsylvania's live. Jersey is live, you know, <laughs> all around us, West Virginia. Like, I feel like everybody's passed the bill and um, I knew it would come, but to see it actually here is so exciting. And uh, I also give a lot of credit, you know, the the regulators have a very, I think, tough job anytime they have to figure out a regulation for a new product and bring it to market, do licensing, figure out who's suitable to operate and all of that. It's a big uh, effort. And you know, the state legislators as well, so much to do, so many priorities. So like to fit that in and and prioritize getting sports betting done, like that means a lot to us. And, you know, it makes me proud that DraftKings was built in mass. We're based in Boston to this day and uh, not going anywhere. So uh, it's great to have the support of our home state, really. I think it'll be our best market, hopefully. And um, all the years and years of we've created thousands of jobs in the state operated, you know, I think made customers happy. And hopefully this will be just that next phase of things in mass. I, I can tell you from, you know, my perspective, I, would, I always, always very aware of it. And it's, it's part of, of sports in general, but we've started doing DraftKings segments on our programs. And I, I mean, from the race to 15, the three threes in the first three minutes, like these little props that I'd never really considered uh it's it's a lot of fun and it adds like little pockets of interest to the game for even someone who i guess wasn't as in tune with it um i mean i i just think it's going to add some excitement to the way people watch games and view it and to just have the accessibility here in massachusetts i mean what are you most excited for with the as we get started here with DraftKings and 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 what this means for for the casual fan I'm excited to go to the game and just see people pulling out the app around me. And, you know, uh, like you said, there's so much you can do, not only pregame, but like the in-game options yeah. are pretty deep. Um, lots of different live betting that you can do. And uh, like next point scorer, two-pointer or three-pointer is next. You know, the constant like updates to the lines, the totals, all the different kind of player propositions. Um just like anytime you have a hunch about something at the game, you can pretty much like find a betting market that covers what you think is going to happen. And that's what we love to do is just predict things, make games for people that love, you know, using their brain, thinking, predicting things. And when you're right, you have something to gain. Like that's the whole like essence of everything we do is building those games. So um, I feel like I have the best job in the world because <laughs> it's what I love doing is sitting there and just, uh, uh, like I love predicting, but I also like coming up with mm -hmm. like these ideas, like these these concepts around what kind of betting markets that people would love that maybe they're not even thinking of yet, you know. And so it's a it's a really fun job. I love creating that kind of content and working with like one of what I think is the best technology teams in the world. We have like a uh, I think uh, an association with a lot of people as a sports brand. That's probably um, a lot of people have an impression it's like sports bros that are like hanging out and going to the bar watching sports it's it's a tech company that mm -hmm. would rival like what you would find at google or facebook or twitter or, like the best tech companies in the world that's like the caliber of product development engineering talent we have analytics talent and um 
like uh, uh like it's just amazing to see like uh, thousands of really talented people come together and build these kind of products and just year after year raise the bar innovate and uh and ultimately like i think that's what led to us being a market leader in the space and at the infancy of DraftKings, and when you're when you're first getting into it, and when you're daydreaming about what it could be, because you've ever imagined what it is, and what 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 you're gonna arrive at here when it when it goes live here in Massachusetts. Yeah, having it at home, I think, will really, you know, that'll be the real manifestation for all of us that are based out of Boston that haven't like lived in the state where the product's been live. And yeah, I just I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> Um, I've like spent a good amount of time up in New Hampshire. My dad lives there in Seabrook. We have a sports yeah. book in Seabrook, New Hampshire. Um, it's actually like our biggest retail sports book in the country, believe it or not. Oh, that's crazy. Seabrook. And in terms of just the amount of betting that we see. And my dad just loves hanging out there. He's like, <laughs> my kid is at DraftKings. You know, he's, he's just grabs a beer, watches the game. <laughs> Maybe he'll bet like $10. And it's like, yeah. DraftKings. That's like my my kids working at that company. There's Toxella's buddies, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Sports and and sports betting brings people together in that way. It's just become part of culture, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see how that kind of like changes sports fandom around Mass. All right, let's wrap up on this. You again? I was I was crawling through your Instagram page. I saw you got a Larry Bird rookie card the one with like dr j on it and all that like what give me some of your other hobbies away from this all like what else have you uh what else are you passionate about and uh what's it like to find some of these some of these treasures i, I you know that's the other thing that brings me back the, the celtics weren't always good as a kid and we didn't you were right i like I, I my vivid memory of bird is like him laying on the sideline unfortunately with his his bad back and i don't i don't i i got to see some glimpses of it but i respect the history of it. I've watched all the tapes and, you know, going back, like, what's it like to, 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 to be able to find some gems like that with the, with the bird rookie card? Yeah. It's funny. Cause growing up my, like, definitely my biggest hobby was collecting sports cards. I was, it was probably like two, $3 packs of cards. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I remember chasing was Shaq rookies. Um, there was this product like 20 or it was a, 1992 93 Fleer Ultra and Shaq. So I, I, I have like four boxes of unopened Fleer Ultra Shaq. My mom used to buy them from the, the local card shop. And at one point, I feel like they were really valuable. Not so much anymore. The market might have been flooded, but same deal. Like I hold on to those because they are a, they, they are my childhood. They are a, a reminder of what, what I sought. Yeah. It, at the time, it was, you know, you're buying a pack of cards that's, three dollars and if you get the best thing it's like a hundred dollars you know mm -hmm. the the card market has changed a lot it's gotten very premium probably like starting in the early 2000s um some of the products like upper deck exquisite and then panini with national treasures and uh, flawless and some of these really high-end uh products and you know in the case of the bird magic rookie this is a really special card it's there's two in the world who are um, of the grade, like the the pristine 10 Beckett, Larry Bird Magic rookies. And I was like, I feel like Boston should, like, we got to get that card back to Boston. Right? And I don't know who had it. It was just like put up on auction, on golden auctions a, a couple of months ago. And I was like, if the price is right, I'm going to grab this because 
um, I feel like we should just own this card. Like we need to have that in the in the Celtics atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the way I was looking at it was um, it's a part of history. It's a really important card to the hobby. The fact that, you know, I've been fortunate, lucky in, in my career and was in a position to like take a stab at it made me really proud. So um, I don't I don't know. Uh, think there's any other card maybe more meaningful to Celtics uh, maybe like the Bill Russell really high grade rookies um uh from tops was like 57 tops I think Ooh. Bill Russell is, is way up there uh but there's very few cards you know Larry Bird has a couple like a uh, second year cards that are pretty nice but nothing that's of the caliber of the magic bird so um yeah, just seeing that I, I hold it every day you wouldn't believe it I literally <laughs> hold it I look at it I'm like um you know, anytime something special comes up in Celtics kind of memorabilia or culture, I always like try to take a stab at it. And, you know, that's awesome. I I, I need you. I, we need to test its mojo. I need if we if, if, if this team is lucky enough to make it back to the finals, you put in like whatever uh, the best casing it is and bring that court side with you and see if it can help will them to another title. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. Like I said, what did you get? What's it going to be like if, 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 uh, if this team gets back to the finals, were you, were you able to sit courtside there last year? Like, what is it like to watch those games and, uh, and, and how excited are you about that potential again this year? Yeah, I was there last year. Um, game, yeah. Game three was kind of like the peak energy in terms of just feeling super confident. Like we are going to win the title. And then, <laughs> I was there for game four and six, which were uh, not so great. Um, you know, it, I think it's just part of, I, I do believe the team could be a dynasty. It could be a team that's like of the caliber of you know, what you saw from, uh, whether it's the Miami Heat or whether it's more recently Golden State mm -hmm. and, you know, some of these really great, uh, you know, the Bulls from years back that won like six championships. I don't know, but I think this core, if we can just keep the core together and keep, uh, keep sort of like gelling. The team is very young. You know, I, was, I think Al Horford's the oldest by like yep. eight years on the team. <laughs> um, and contracts, I was looking, it's like Grant Williams is up. So hopefully we can figure out Grant Williams. And then, uh, but the team in general is like pretty much in place for a year or two here, right? And so I think if we can pick up some momentum, maybe win a championship, keep the core together, I don't know. It could be a pretty exciting next decade. Uh, Tatum's like 24, right? Or, yeah. Or I mean, he's about to turn 25, but you, I mean, come on. It's still crazy to think that he's got another decade of probably really elite level basketball ahead of him when you consider the way he's playing now. Yeah. Like the caliber of um, like Jason Tatum being literally the first person ever to, or, or the fastest person ever to score a thousand three pointers yeah. by age. Um only 24 year old ever to do that it's insane to think about just like the pace he's on and I think Luca will get there too I don't know if anyone else will be able to get there anytime soon but very few people I think are you know of that skill level and then to have the pieces you know the Jalen Browns the Robert Williams the Marcus Smart uh Brogdon off the bench who's the best three-point shooter in the league uh, quote unquote. I mean, I know lots of opinions on that, but <laughs> was it like by percentage? Just the math is the math. He's the best, the highest percentage three point shooter through the first half. And uh, 
but it's not even just him. Everyone can shoot. Al can shoot. <laughs> you know, you could put um, uh, Sam Hauser out there and he's going to shoot a high percent. You can uh, put Mascala out there now and he'll hit his shots. So it's like who shouldn't be shooting is hard to figure out. <laughs> and yeah, you see these games now where Tatum can score 14 points and they win or whatever. Right. And so uh, I think it's a really deep team. That's exciting. And hopefully we can keep the band together and go on like a pretty nice dynasty run here. Like almost like the Patriots did. I love it. I love it. You mentioned, you mentioned that, that energy. Let's make all the Patriots fans jealous for, for watching uh, the Celtics kind of take over the market for a for a good stretch here hey matt congratulations on all everything with DraftKings. it's really cool to see it's really cool to like for me just to kind of start to see it, it blossom here and what's happening and uh enjoy those enjoy those seats i'll come say hi at the garden one night and uh let's see what's let, let's see how far this team can make it all right thank you chris let's do it All right, super fun stuff for Matt. I'm, I'm just super psyched for him. Imagine, you know, you're, you're born here, you grew up kind of around the team, and then you start this venture that is sort of surrounded about sports, and 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 you have to wait patiently to to sort of launch it in your own backyard. And well, now it's here, but that does offer a, a good jumping off point because you know we're doing a lot of DraftKings segments in our show, and, and I was someone who hadn't really dabbled in that. Uh, market before. And and it's been interesting to me. And I wanted to share my experience because uh, I'm sure others are, are looking at it from the outside and thinking, man, you know, like, how should I feel about this? And so I got my guy, Tom Giles, because Tom was been, been ahead of all of this, uh, really knows his stuff. We're going to use it as a discussion point to talk about some Celtics related stuff. But I also just wanted to, you know, again, check check the temperature on this and and uh, and talk a little bit about what it's like for for DraftKings and others to to be invading our market. Tommy Giles, what's happening? This one's all about gambling, so I had to go get my gambling guy. Whoa! So, like, gambling is is about to become a big thing in in Massachusetts. Yeah. Let me start. Th- let me start here because it makes some people uncomfortable. It, it, I didn't know what to think of it at first. Mm-hmm. How should I feel about? Gambling coming in. I know that's a big, like, open-ended question, but as someone who has embraced it from the beginning. Yeah, I think that if you're approaching it as a form of entertainment yes, and and just a way to have fun, then that's the right way to do it. I think if you're approaching it like, I'm going to budget, you know, right, $100, $200, whatever I have that I would spend on entertainment as something that you are not going to get back, then that's probably the right way to go about it because chances are – that uh, you're not going to get your money back. You you might, you might win, but I think you really need to think of it as, okay, I'm, I'm paying for this entertainment and, and this is for fun right here. And I'm going to do the same game parlay. I'm going to have, Don't bet I'm going to have Damian Lillard under 35 and a half points. I'm going to have Jason Tatum over 30 and a half points and the Celtics to win. And then, you know, it's, it's fun and, until you don't see Jason Tatum getting on the floor in the yeah. fourth quarter. And you're like, oh, I was that close. I was one point off, but it, it's just, I, I think they're if if you're approaching it saying, hey, this is just a way for me to to kind of have fun as I'm watching the game, put together a, a parlay or whatever it might be, or you know, just to you know bet on the Celtics and and it's and you're not risking you know uh, money that you, you can't lose, right. you know, and as, as long as it's something you're comfortable and and considering it, you know, like a movie ticket or you exactly. know whatever it would be, you know, just something like that, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be okay with it. I look at it this way: is uh, when me and my buddies go out golfing on Sunday mornings. There's there's some side action going always. on, right? Like there's always a little bit of this, and it takes the experience, which I already enjoy, and either ruins it because I like I'm I, I'm not good enough at golf to beat my friends, 
or enhances it on the one week that I do, you know, uh, miraculously play well. And what I've found is I've dipped my toes into this, you know, new new landscape of of what's out there is that it does. It's, you know, even if we're, I'm just having fun with it. So when we're sitting there and saying, what's going to be the first team to score? I'm putting in like an hour's worth of research trying to figure out who wins <laughs> tips, who like, you know, who, who's who's feeling it, who might Joe Missoula drop the first play for. And then I and then for the for the first 30 seconds of the game, I am like riveted. If someone comes by my desk, I'm like, no away. And it does it. it I mean, and I, again, I don't I'm not even like actually invested in this. I'm just, you know, p- playing along. And, yeah. And I think so it, whether you do or whether you don't and whether whatever your limits are, it just in, enhances the experience for me. And I think it's fun. And, and Matt actually talks about this in the podcast is. You can't wait to see because there's so many things you can bet like who's going to score the next basket. Yeah. And so if, if you just need a reason to be further entertained by the product out there, it's it's intriguing to me. So I'm the other thing I would say is the part I like about it is it gives me a jumping off point for broader discussions. Yeah. Which is the other reason I have you here, because we talk a lot. I think we did the, the similar episode a couple months ago where we talked about odds of like selfish winning awards. And so you know, as the Celtics go into this tailspin, I see their odds sort of starting to tumble. They're reshuffling a little in, in, bit. In every, in, every, in every regard. So I, I want to start there. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Sixth man of the year. Felt like for, for a, a stretch, he was just going to run away with the award. And now, Emmanuel quickly comes in. The Knicks have one big game against the Celtics, but also as part of their big post-second half run here. Uh which, how are you feeling about Malcolm Brogdon for sixth man of the year? So he's priced at, and I believe, I, I don't know what you... I, I haven't I, the updated. Okay, I got it at Ooh. plus 120. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon at plus 120 at Emmanuel Cookley at like minus 165. Mm-hmm. I think there's some value there on Malcolm Brogdon. Right. I think that Emmanuel Cookley, he had a great game against the Celtics, but, you know, he's also sometimes in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you if you get in the mind of like an NBA voter, they're going to be, who's the true sixth man yeah. that leads this this field? And that's Malcolm Brogdon hasn't started a single game and he's not going to. I mean, we've seen the Celtics as shorthanded as they've been in a few games and he still is not in the starting lineup. They love him in that role. So I still think that's that's a great place to go because it's kind of those two guys and that's it. Here's the one thing about that market. Mm. It's obviously volatile. Yeah. Like you can see guys just all just it's jump and, and leap up there. Moves. It, it is. Um, but I still think there's some value there in Malcolm Brogdon considering his plus money. So – and the one thing I say is, you know, at a point like this, we talk a lot about when, we're, when we do our in-game segment is that, you know, you see a run happen and you're thinking, okay, like the odds for me to jump in right now might be better. And that's that's how I walk away with Malcolm Brunt. He's been the best six man in the league yeah. for much of the season. But all these awards are so narrative based yeah. that we ride the roller coaster during the year. And it, it's not until we get till the voters actually have to sit down after the season that you sit there and sort of have to process it. So we'll see where the Knicks finish. If the Knicks surge ahead, ahead of the Celtics, there's probably nothing voters voters will just naturally look at that and go, Emmanuel quickly deserves that award. They finished better better than the Celtics. And yet, does it make you uncomfortable at all that he started 12 games, that Malcolm Brogdon has been like the legitimate off-the-bench guy? Should that factor in when you're when you're when voters vote? Now, see, that's different because now you're asking about like voting habits. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not the guy to ask on. No, that. but I'm just saying if you I'm putting you in that like if if um yeah if I if I if I bet on Malcolm Brogdon and lost it because right. Emmanuel quickly won the award even though he was most of the time the sixth right. man. Which is still like twelve starts isn't a lot, but it just means more Are minutes. his numbers that much better than Brogdon's? No, and are they that, better at all? No. I actually okay. think I think he's lower point in points per game. And it's weird because this award is typically somebody who scores a ton of points. Yeah. But 
and it's just weird. It's like not only are the Celtics going through a funk, but we're taping this after the Portland game. Yeah. When the Celtic, when Michael Brogdon, he did not have a good night. Yeah. He missed everything. Yeah. And it was so weird to see because he's been so good at finishing around the rim, so good beyond the three point arc, and he had nothing going. And it was still plus 11 in that game. So go yeah. figure, you know, it's uh, good on Malcolm Brogdon. But I, I'm interested. I think if the Celtics finish strong, you'll just see Malcolm Brogdon sort of rocket right back up. I agree with you. Okay. What well, else he got? Okay. Joe and coach of the year. So I don't know what those current odds I, are. I have not looked either. Again, I'm, we're taping this right after game. It's hard to find yeah. odds right after game. He but... was right there with Mike Brown. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious. Like, if Sacramento finishes in the top three in the West, mm-hmm. and this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in how long? Like, yeah, for almost two decades? Yeah. Is it, has it been it's the longest. Long? It's the longest of the four major sports. Yes, exactly. Okay, they've got the longest drought. I think there's a chance that Mike Brown could, could win that award. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Joe Mazzullo was in the lead for, mm-hmm. for the whole first half of the season. And rightfully so. Chuck Vaughn was maybe, you know, taking over at points there. But um, if you're looking for him now, you might not be able to find him. No, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, okay. I, 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 I've I learned think, that now that I'm invested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike Brown, I would keep an eye on. Yeah. As far as that goes. Like, even if the Celtics finish. It's hard to see them getting back into the one position. And even if they did, if Sacramento is the three seed out West, who would you vote for? It's, it's, it, I, I guess it, it's so hard not to give it to Mike Brown, you know, and, and just because what were our expectations, expectations versus reality? Like we thought the Celtics would be good yeah. no matter who the coach was, even though like definitely some volatility at the start there. And now they faded. And so because they, you know, didn't just like steamroll the league, I think you naturally start looking towards the next best option. And I do think. I think Mike Brown's probably the, the the favorite there. It would take a really, really strong but, finish and a poor finish from. Uh, well, that's him. what I was going to say. It's possible that that Sacramento could fall apart a little bit. True. So, so maybe maybe that's where that value is. Uh, so maybe you should keep an eye on that when the Celtics head west in the upcoming six games. Right. Trip. They will they will be playing each other. And, and the last one I got for you is is the Celtics title odds. I do have I do have some numbers on this because uh, I think they're at plus three thirty right now. Uh, the Suns were at plus three fifty and the Bucks were at plus four fifty. So the the Celtics title odds for the first time in a long time actually lengthened just a bit. And what, okay. what I mean by that is they were around plus 270. Okay. And after this three-game skid, you've seen it mm-hmm. come back a little bit. So plus 330 is where it is now. I don't know. Ask yourself. Here's the thing. So many people have already bet on the Celtics to win the NBA championship. They do not need to entice bettors. Yeah by moving that number out again mm-hmm. to like 400 or 500. So that's not going to happen unless they just go on a crazy skid. Right. And if they go on a crazy skid, you're probably going to be sitting there thinking, I don't know, I can bet, bet on the Celtics to win the championship. So this last three-game losing streak wasn't a crazy enough skid for them to move. I mean, they moved, but, I mean, but, but beyond, like, yeah, beyond like, you know. From like, like 270 to 330. Yeah, right, right. So, but I, I, again, they look at it and say, we've already had, we have so much, right. we have so many people that have bet on the Celtics. We have so much money mm-hmm. on the Celtics to win it that we don't need to entice more people to put more money on it because that creates a liability. So mm-hmm. I think that that's why the book is comfortable where it is with, with the Celtics price. And that's why they're still the favorites, even though they, you know, right. they might look at it and say they shouldn't be the favorites, but they are the favorites because of that. I mean, so would I be wrong to say the Bucks are good value because they've started to play better? No, I don't think you'd be wrong okay. with that. Or, you know, if, if you feel strongly about a team out West, although I, I don't really, I don't. So right, and I was actually surprised to see the Suns on 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 most of these odds being ahead of the Bucks because I just feel like, and I get it because the Celtics and Bucks have to go through each other, so right. it's just a cleaner path for the Suns. And yet, you know, when I sit there and I have no idea what's going to happen out west, no. I, think, I think there's a ton of good value because one of those teams has to be in the finals. I still, look, I just don't know which one's going to be. I think Golden State's like around ten to one. Ooh. Just like don't sleep on the Warriors. Yeah. Like this is what happened last year. You know, don't, don't we learn? Injuries. 
And, you know, they went on a pretty good run there towards the end of the regular season, went to the playoffs, and, and obviously had to play on the road. Uh, were they a three seed last year? I'm trying to remember. Uh, but they were they obviously weren't the top yeah, seed, right. you know what I mean? And they Shouldn't were still matter. the best team when it came to, to the yeah. postseason. So, And that's always my fear is that so much is health and just being locked in. And it's what I try to remind myself when the Celtics go into a funk is now they've been there. It's not like it's a whole new world when they get there. And I do think there's something to – the level of focus that increases once you get back to that stage. And I do think that better pacing in the schedule, hopefully better health and just being laser focused could go a long way towards getting the Celtics back on the track that they slightly veered off of. Yeah. In recent games. How, how worried were you after the three games? I saw, you know, what's weird. It's like, I, I, okay. You know me, I ride the roller coaster. I was very mad after the games because each game was, just like, absolutely mind blowing in, in in its own way. Mostly yeah. like the Nets game because it's improbable that yeah. they could have blown that lead. The Knicks game was frustrating because it just you could feel it slipping, and you were like, "There's no way they just need to dig in, get like one stop," and and they still couldn't do it. And then by the end of it, the last one against Cleveland, I just was you know I knew they were going to run out of gas. We talked about it during the game. It just it, it felt. They were coming off a double overtime game the night before. They were without Tatum. You're playing shorthanded. It's... And so it, that one didn't surprise me. It was just maddening because of the situation. Grant Williams misses the free throws. And so it's just like, how many gut punches can you give your fan base that has to watch this and then us having to talk about it? So, uh, but in like the, when you step back, I think the one thing that worried me is that everyone was sort of hyper-focused on this stretch and saying, oh, but since the All-Star break, just really. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's been concerning signs really over a two and a half month stretch yeah. and not enough that I don't think they're still in the mix. They're just not the juggernaut that they look like through the first 26. And that's okay. Like they're one Tatum hot streak. They're one like defense being laser focused away from being a like the favorite again. And, and look, we just talked about, it. they're still the favorite. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, I look at you? the upcoming road trip. I mean, you said you were pretty tough after Monday though. Yeah, but I I didn't feel you know Eddie House was saying he right. had his hand, hand, hand on the button. I wasn't there. I okay. I just I felt like this team they'll be okay. Teams go through stretches mm -hmm. like this in the regular season, and you just have to figure it out. And I I felt pretty confident, and I feel pretty confident that they're going to figure it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win five games on this road trip. Mm -hmm. I mean, I that that and that, and that sounds but so it's funny because like I just again I'm I'm so analytical minded that I think. No one goes on the road and wins five games. Now the Knicks did it at one point, and that's why they like, or, or no, Philadelphia did it. Philadelphia went on a West Coast trip, won like five in a row. And we said, "Oh, here come the big bad 76ers. and the Celtics smacked them. Um, but it would still be impressive for the Celtics to sort of dust themselves off, and even on a trip that isn't overwhelmingly daunting in terms of opponent, like like you said, Sacramento's still fantastic. Yeah, Minnesota's tough just because it's like middle of the trip and because U of the size. Utah is yeah, and Utah's surprisingly good. I, I, that's the one game that like it, of all of them that worries me because you know Danny Ainge and Will Hardy are gonna have the inside scouting report on this team and uh, that team plays well and if Laurie Markin has a big night, all that stuff like it, it could get tough. So um, yeah, I'm interested to see. Like I, I do think this would this we we joked about is this one is the Portland game a must win? Feels a lot better. To win yeah. that game, win comfortably, and now go out on the road. Uh, if they had lost that one, the two days before this trip would have been pretty unbearable here in Boston. I completely agree. But they didn't. Thank God they got the win. Back in the win column. 
Losing streaks over. Losing streaks are uh, losing streak is over, and let's see if uh, last time we we did we joked on post up that uh, we did five you know four fixes to for the Celtics, and the last time we did that they won nine in a row. Oh, so one in a row now. Uh, if they go on a winning streak, you can go <laughs> ahead say and one cred, in a row. Cred, yeah. Cred, yeah, one in a row. You can credit your boy Chris for uh, for sparking because clearly they watch every week our fantastic programming uh, on Celtics post up. All right, I need everybody to go like. Subscribe. Hopefully you're checking us out on the YouTube page. Big crazy road trip coming up and uh, we'll have plenty more from it. We'll catch you next time on the Celtics Talk Podcast.